This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Today I want to talk about what happens when you get a bad review. Well, it feels bad. You got people that won't pick up the phone and just call you. That's really one of these things about social media that drives me crazy is, why don't you just call me? I'm going to answer my own question. Well, I did that. I went through customer service. They told me no. They were rude to me. They didn't help me. Reviews are generally made by people who are mad. I know that there are good reviews and you have review campaigns and there's things like that, but most of the really, really honest reviews that I think are out there are generally the people that are mad about something or that didn't go well. I will give someone a great review if they ask for it, usually. You know, someone specifically says, hey, I'm trying to grow my business. Would you mind leaving me a review or a recommendation, whether it's on Google or Facebook? I'll do that in a heartbeat. I will usually kind of do it right then as soon as I get to the car. So that way I don't forget. Or if I have absolutely exceptional service, which I had this weekend in Vicksburg at Dillard's, as I do every time I go to the Dillard's in Vicksburg. Now, if someone is absolutely exceptional, then I will take the time to do that because I know in a lot of companies, especially big corporations, their employees either get a bonus for that or it goes toward them getting a promotion. So there was a lot of people giving good reviews, but it just seems like the ones that we really, really either pay attention to or the ones that really catch us off guard are obviously those unexpected bad reviews. Views. And my take on this is how do I turn this thing into something positive? How can I win with a bad review moment? I'm the weird person that reads the four and three star reviews because usually the people that are five stars, yeah, they're happy. Everything was perfect. Usually the people that are one star, okay, they had a terrible experience. But if there's a four star or a three star, usually it's going to tell me what I want to know with the little nuances of, hey, is this a really great person that I want to work with? Or did their quirks and my quirks not cork together well. The truth is somewhere in the middle. Maybe this is the review version of that. The three and four stars are more of the truth areas. So I think that's a good point. I'm with you on the one star. Every one star that I have ever read or seen, most of the one star reviews were actually in the wrong. Like when I read them, what they expected to happen was either illegal against the law from an insurance standpoint, or they were actually the creator of the problem in the first place and they're mad that their problem didn't get fixed, even though they created the problem. Bad reviews, I try to turn these things into positives. One of the things that I learned a long time ago, I read it somewhere and it's really paid dividends for me is always answer publicly, always respond, number one, but always respond publicly. Now, when I say that, that means you can't be an idiot. You can't respond publicly with things like you're stupid and you're wrong. That's not what I mean. When I say respond publicly, I mean you need to respond professionally, but you need to do it on the post or on the review itself so that it's captured there and it is there forever. The second thing that I have learned is that you need to take it seriously and you need to research it. Even if you think think the customer's wrong. You need to research it. You need to take that step and go, okay, let me look here. Let me see if this really did happen. And if it did happen or it didn't happen,
happen, that's going to lead you to your next step about what and how to respond on that public review. If I do see a bad review or really even a good review, if I'm looking at a business that I'm unfamiliar with, one of the things I notice immediately is whether or not the business owner responded saying thank you or hey, I'm working on this or how they responded. If they responded like a big dumb redneck, there is no way that I am going to reach out and let that person do business. And what I mean by that is if a business owner responds and they're super negative and they're super aggressive, then I know that those are not the people that I want to do business with. Before we go further, I do want to give you a statistic that I think just is so important when it comes to how do we respond to this? Is this important? So if we know that I think it's somewhere around 70, 75% of people will actually share a positive experience with about six people. Shane's not one of them because he's not going to tell you anything good that happened. But for 75-ish percent of the world, they're going to tell about six people. However, if a customer is not happy, you've got that same kind of number with 15 plus people. So not only do we have this negative review thing going on, then, you know, most of the people in the world are what Shane would call blabbers. However, you have the opportunity to really turn that around because if someone gives a negative review and you're able to come back and turn that into a positive, then I think the statistic, something's like they tell 30 to 35 people. I mean, that's amazing. That's awesome. And they might actually come back on your review and repost, not necessarily a correction, but a response uh, appreciating how you handled the review. We have an experience with this that we're going to tell you about. This is timely for us, right? Last week, I got noticed that we had an an unfortunate situation that had received a bad recommendation on Facebook and on Google. And so I reached out to Shane immediately, said, hey, I wanted to let you know this was what was going on and started the process of figuring out how we were going to respond. Obviously, first off, my mind went to, okay, I got to publicly respond. First thing we did is I went out personally as the CEO of the organization and I posted, thank you for making us aware of this. I am researching it. Just like you said, I don't know what the word for word verbiage was, but it was basically something to that effect. Now, I want to pause just a second and say, I did not do this in any way that was not authentic. So the concept was, okay, wait a minute. This is really a potential issue here. It wasn't just the bad review. It was the way the situation was unfolding. We had a situation where a response had not been given. The customer felt like they had no choice but to go to this level. They were basically in a ghosted situation. And oh, by the way, it had been about seven or eight months since the actual incident occurred. So when you think about this, you realize this person was not reactionary whatsoever. So kudos to them. They were not reactionary. And so that was the other sort of trigger point for me 
This wasn't just a reactionary person. This was someone who put some thought into this. And you can gain a lot by the type of post and by just what they describe in the post. And they were describing the timeline, what had happened. They were due a refund. They felt like the refund was shorted by about 90%. The second part was, okay, I got to research this. I got to figure this out. From a marketing perspective, I want to hop in and say, when you are responding to a negative review, make sure that you're responding as a person and not from your Google business account or from your Facebook business account. The reason for that is that the more your business name is affiliated with this negative review, the more likely a Google search is going to pull it. Additionally, not only do you want to make sure you're responding from your personal account, you want to make sure that you're not using the name of your business in the response. Again, same reason. We don't want Google pulling that because it's seeing the name of your business several times in a row in a time period altogether. So drag yourself through the mud, not your business. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I actually will say this on the non-social piece. I think from a leadership standpoint, it just feels better. It's authentic. It's who you are if you're doing this personally. And I get it. You run the risk of exposing your personal profile, etc. They can find you. Don't get hung up on that. I did that from the standpoint of my personal profile, commented, went to work on the research, turned out that there were some mistakes made. It could have been handled better. It was an honest mistake. It really can happen to anybody. But then when the mistake was made, it was more of, I don't know what to do about it from the individual. The individual didn't know what to do about it, almost felt like they were going to get in trouble if they brought it to the table. And so it was one of those things where learning experience for us internally to be better. And after talking with the individual, it's like, we need to make this right. This is a situation where refunding some money out of pocket and making the situation better was going to go so much further than even just an apology, right? It it doesn't always require you to spend money. Sometimes it's just the apology that is necessary. But in this particular situation, we actually found a marketing goldmine in the sense that we could do really, really good by being authentic and being purely who we were and holding to our core values. And if we spent just a little bit of money in the big scheme of things, it could go even further. And we went out there and basically I posted, research this, Thank you for bringing this customer experience situation to our attention. We found some training opportunities. Actually, you should have been refunded and it was almost twice the amount that the individual stated. So sorry for this, et cetera, et cetera, and made the post publicly. Now, one other thing that I'm going to throw in here, I actually called the customer before I made the post. I actually made the post verbally (laughs) before I made the post publicly on social media in the response. The customer was overwhelmed with joy and just amazement that I actually would reach out and have this discussion. I think it's a huge win. I've never seen in our own environment us being able to take something so negative and a terrible experience for a client that they should have never had and make it something extremely positive for a client and turn it into a win. Two of the things that I really love about how this was handled is you didn't throw 
our team member under the bus. Absolutely not. It was never, this person messed up. This person was wrong. It wasn't about that. It was about, we found a training opportunity. So that backed up our team member, which I love. I mean, that that in and of itself shows that we've got somebody's back. That's number one, what I love that we did. I will say the one other thing that we did was we didn't publicly really admit fault in writing because with my legal background with my family, that's one of those things that I'm really careful about when it comes to E&O. And so we didn't actually come back and say, hey, we screwed up. We took this as a great training opportunity to improve our customer experience. And that way, if something did happen and it wasn't a positive experience in the end, we didn't publicly admit fault, which then our ENO people would have been very unhappy about. I will say that this is not something that would have been my natural response five or six years ago. So if you're thinking, man, that would not have been my natural response or the customer should have followed up the cancellation, whatever. All these excuses or statements about what the customer responsibility really should have been here is not wrong. My normal five, six years ago thought process would have been the customer has responsibility too. And technically our team members didn't do anything wrong. That is still true. They still technically didn't do anything wrong. We could have done something better. We found a process that we could improve on. That would have been my view a few years ago. Today, with the amplification of social media and honestly just thinking about our core values and pouring our core values out into our people and having our people use the core values in their day-to-day jobs and customer interactions, what I've moved to is instead of seeing that purely negative viewpoint is I want to look at that negative viewpoint and say, okay, how can we actually be positive here? And I think as leaders, if we don't respond correctly, we lose our people. We may not lose them physically, like they may not quit, but we lose them from a respect standpoint. That's when the whole quiet quitting thing starts to happen. Yes, agree. Totally agree. If you're a book reader, I want to recommend Raving Fans, Ken Blanchard. Now, if you are an audiobook person, it's not on Audible, but read the book, Raving Fans, Ken Blanchard. One of my annual reads, I actually read it every December. It's a quick read. It's a short read. I've read it for probably 15 years in a row now. It's an older book along with The One Minute Manager, which would be another one to throw in there when we're talking about people and how to respond to people that are doing something wrong. But raving fans goes into my top five very, very easily. And it'll always remain in my top five. And it really is a customer experience book. Before customer experience was cool, it really is about giving the best customer experience. And it starts with what do you want? Like, what do you want your interactions with your clients? What do you want your people's interactions to actually look like? And for me, I always circled back around with if you haven't trained your people on core values and explained your core values, they don't know what you want. 
So you have to help them understand what you want. Here's a tip and trick that I did not know recently because one of the things that I find most annoying when it comes to reviews and recommendations is when somebody comes along and they're trying to advertise a product. It's usually a spam bot that's going in and they're posting things on the Book of Faces or they're posting things on Google reviews about some random investment product. And I always go in and report it to Facebook. It shouldn't be there. It's not a real review, blah, blah, blah. Well, Facebook got overwhelmed by all of these being reported, so they were kind of ignoring them. So fun fact, they have a new rule that was put into place is they will only remove those if there is a secondary comment to them. So if you get those fake reviews, those fake recommendations like that, if you respond to it, then you can report it and Facebook will remove it. Great tip. Didn't know that. That's pretty cool. You keep me around for some reason, right? I do. I do. Every now and then it shows up. I'm really stuck on this idea of the people and how you want your people to respond and why it's so important for you to show that and execute on that as a leader. It makes me think about a conversation I was having just in the last few weeks with another softball dad. This particular softball dad has younger kids and he was actually asking me for some guidance on how to navigate this broken system of club and travel sports because it's sort of this necessary evil and it it is true. It's kind of this broken system, but it's also what you have to do. We're kind of talking through it and we're talking about we're talking about folks that are out there that we really don't want our kids to play for. Our kids really you, you have to kind of balance the protecting your kid versus allowing your kid to have some experiences. And it's a really, really tough thing to navigate. And there's no manual for this. And one of the things we got caught up on, and I think it makes a lot of sense with what we're talking about here, are these coaches that don't coach their kids or don't practice all the way up where they need to be. And then they have a game and then all they do is yell at the kid for doing wrong. All they do is just get mad. I feel like we do that from a leadership standpoint in so many companies across the country, across the globe, for that matter, not just independent agencies. I feel like that's where the thing has to be corrected. If your people make a mistake, they didn't know what you wanted them to do. And that's why they made the mistake. Well, then if you're going to yell at them, that's the same thing as have never taken them through a practice. If you've never coached them, if you've never explained to them what you want to happen, then it's on you. If I really had to back up and go all the mistakes that are made, some are, yes, some happen and they just happen. But the things that could have been avoidable, most of the time, I didn't explain what I wanted. I didn't take the core values to that point. I didn't go through enough investment in that person or that person's supervisor. Somewhere along the line, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Because if I would have done what I was supposed to do, and obviously our audience is not thousand employee companies. So most of independent agencies out there are less than 30 employees. You can do this. Don't give me the excuse of, oh my gosh, Shane, we got too many employees. I can't do that. No, you don't. You're not that big. None of us are. We may have aspirations to be, but we're probably not. You do have the time to go, I need to put more into these people. I need to invest. I need to show them what I want. I need to tell them what I want. And this is also a great time to empower your employees to fix the problem. So many of us are quick to rush in and say, okay, I need you to do this. You know, this happened. This went wrong. I need you to do this, this, and this. And I think this really does become a great opportunity to step in and 
say, okay, let's figure out how it happened. And then ask your team members, what do you think we should do to fix it? And a lot of times they're going to look at it from a completely different perspective because they're going to be upset. Your team members are going to be upset that something went wrong. And giving them the opportunity to talk through and make suggestions. And I think we should handle it this way to have some why questions there. First of all, it's going to help them remember not to do it again. But second of all, when you allow them ownership of the solution, when you empower them to start to fix it, then you've made a team member feel really important because you validated their opinion. I can think of at least three scenarios in the last year where individual employees literally came to me and the reaction was, am I going to be fired? And that kind of told me, and, and all of these individuals have not worked here for, you know, 10 or even five or six, you know, years. They've been here two or three years. What it tells me is that's our leadership problem across the country is that we need to be better leaders in our businesses is because these individuals on these three occasions, number one, they were already losing sleep and beating themselves up. They didn't need someone else to beat them up, which tells me they care. So they're already making it personal. They're already putting themselves into my seat and making it personal to them because they lost sleep, but they literally had a fear that they were going to be fired because they made a mistake because of previous employment, not necessarily where they made mistakes, but where they saw other people make mistakes and get fired. We have this opportunity as leaders to really stabilize our workforce because that stability and working somewhere where they have your back, where every little thing isn't going to be judged and kick you off the bus type stuff, that goes a long ways. And guess what? Those three instances will never happen again. There's just this huge opportunity when mistakes happen, when bad reviews happen, when you just have this opportunity as a leader to respond in a certain way that can give you a return turn on that mistake for years and years to come. A Facebook post is why I got fired as a State Farm customer. Did you know that? I did not. Years ago, back before I came over to the dark side where we have cookies here in the independent agency world, I was a 20 plus year State Farm customer since I began driving at 15. And I'd had a wonderful agent who passed and my stuff got rolled to another agent who happened to be my cousin and that was great. And then he retired. And so my stuff rolled over to another agent and I needed to change my draft information. I had changed banks. And this was back before everything could be done through their website, right? You still had to fill out paperwork. So I called the agent's office. I explained the situation. I had opened a new bank account. I needed to move where my ACH was. They faxed me the paperwork. I filled it out. I sent it back. I called to make sure they received the fax. Yes, we've got it. We'll take care of it. So for seven months this happened. I would do the same thing. And we know that this is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. I went to the office for the next two months to fill out the paperwork in person. And then at this point, I had to go ahead and close the account because I was literally paying for a checking account to stay open for my car insurance draft. And so the last time I went in the office, I'm like, I really need to close this account. Are you sure that this paperwork is taken care of? Yes, we've got it. Well, they didn't do it. My car insurance got canceled. I got the notice from the state. I got this $150 fine in the state of Louisiana because my car insurance got canceled. 
And I started calling the office because I wanted to speak to the agent. I'll have her call you back. I'll have her call you back. So I called, I emailed. And if you know me, you know, I write down, okay, this is when I called. This is what time. This is what date. These are all of my emails and can't get the agent to call me back. I finally did go on my personal Facebook page, not a review, and said, if anybody knows how to get in touch with XYZ State Farm agent, could you please have her call me? I need help. Well, it took probably a minute. I get a call from my State Farm agent and she is coming unglued that I would do this. And I didn't say what what it was. And I started explaining this to her and she was hollering at me. Like she was so mad that I would go on my Facebook page and say, hey, I need to get in touch with with this person. Does anyone know how? And I started going through the process. I came to your office on this date. I called on this date. I started telling her all of these dates. And I'm like, look, I can put this in an email. I can send it over to you. There's obviously a process problem in your office. Well, her response to me, instead of let me look into this was, well, if you're going to act like this on Facebook, I don't want you as a client. You need to find another agent. And I think that is what a lot of folks do or think. And here's the reality. And I, and I get it because you're, you're gambling a little bit here. But someone who takes the time to do that will also likely take the time to give you credit for fixing the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. If that would have played out in a better sense and they would have called and said, hey, what in the world? I'm so sorry. And listened, fix it, guess what Tanya would have done? Tanya would have went on and said, update, so-and-so called me a few minutes, was absolutely devastated that this had happened to me, fixed my situation, refunded me the fine, fixed my world. She's incredible. You should buy your insurance from her. That is the missing piece. We get so offended as if we can never do anything wrong when we probably caused it. That's our opportunity opportunity to become better businesses. And I actually appreciate people giving us that review or making that post because guess what? It opens up opportunities for us to get better, which leads us in this crazy, crazy mindset way to more customers. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Chris Pemberton. Customer experience is the new marketing battlefront. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.